The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son. And he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the one for whom we wait. Amen. Last Friday, I had four new snow tires put on my car. The next morning, I realized that the spare was not in the trunk. So I went back to the tire shop, and it turns out that they lost it. But they gave me a new one, and they also invited me back for Monday morning for a free alignment, which was nice. I showed up Monday morning at 7 a.m. and waited three and a half hours for that alignment. The next morning, three blocks from my house, I realized I had a completely flat tire. I waited two hours for AAA. And they could neither take my tire off when they arrived, nor tow my car with the tow truck that they had. So I waited another hour and a half for a flatbed tow truck. Once they got my car back, the tire shop found a nail in the tire, and they patched the hole. Friday morning, on my way to school with the kids, I got another flat tire. The kids and I played in my parked car for two hours while we waited for another flatbed tow truck. And then the car returned to the tire shop, and the kids and I had some adventures on public transportation. But the the, the tire, when they got to the tire shop, turned out that it had a whole new hole in it, which was unpatchable. So we ordered a new tire, and now I'm driving around on that free spare they gave me during trip number two to the tire shop. I want to talk to you today about Joseph. (laughs) No, really, I do. (laughs) And you might be wondering what my tire problems could possibly have to do with Joseph, especially since the man was wise enough to travel around on a donkey and not a Volkswagen. But I have to tell you, Joseph has been on my mind all week. It was him and his story that helped me to not get swallowed up in self-pity about my tire situation. 
Joseph taught me about shifting perspective and somehow accepting reality as it is. Now, relentlessly problematic tires might land on a slightly different scale than discovering that your fiancé is pregnant and then discovering that she's actually still a virgin and she's carrying God's child. You might have a little spiritual crisis in that. Um, And then knowing that none of your friends or family will believe this story and also knowing that no matter what you choose to do, your reputation will be damaged. Joseph had perhaps more reason to gripe during his week of having the rug pulled out from under him than I have had this week. But still, he and I were both in a place where a shift in perspective was needed. Now, during visit number three to the tire shop, I was in a total grump. I had been waiting for three hours already, and the internet didn't work, and there was a persistent beeping sound in the waiting room from an alarm between the doors. And I could feel that I was beginning to smell like tires. (laughs) So I dug through my bag looking for some sort of relief to my misery, and I pulled out a book of Advent meditations that I had received in the mail two weeks previous and hadn't opened yet. So I turned to the appropriate day for Monday, the third week of Advent, and I read these words of Martin Buber. Let us love the actual world that never wishes to be annulled, but love it in all its terror, but dare to embrace it with our spirit's arms and our hands encounter the hands that hold it. The meditation went on to pose the question of whether or not I was able to embrace the world as it is, not just in its terror, but also in its boredom, its pettiness, its imperfections. I was asked by this book if I was able to accept reality as it is, for that's how God knows it, as it is. Could I accept this situation that was making me relatively crazy? making me feel as though I was an absentee priest at church and an absentee mom at home, making me feel as though my to-do list, if I were ever, ever able to drive to my desk and look at it, would eat me alive. Could I accept this? Could I not just accept it, but embrace my current reality so that my hands might touch the God who held it? I wonder if Joseph was able to accept the reality of his pregnant fiance and his adoptive son. And if so, how long it took for him to wrap his arms around it all. I wonder if he said to that angel of the Lord, okay, I guess I can give this a try. Or if he turned his eyes upward and said, yes, yes, Lord. This is something I will do. On Monday, we had El Spinney's funeral here. In the funeral homily, Tony said that we at Trinity had lost a matriarch of our community, and that is so true. El was a leader in this community for many decades, and her physical presence with us will be so missed. Tony read one of El's meditations. 
in which she wrote of the spiritual practice of saying, yes, Lord, even when the circumstances were difficult or uncertain or not as expected, the yes, Lord response was El's mantra. Now, when Joseph said yes, or even if he just said, okay, he became the adoptive dad of God incarnate. And assuming he accepted that reality and wrapped his arms around things as they were, he literally touched the hands of the one who held reality. He touched those hands when they were so small they could barely wrap around his pinky finger. He held those hands around the handle of a hammer as he taught God incarnate how to sink a nail into wood in his carpentry shop. He held the hand of Christ as the Holy Family voyaged to Jerusalem, where young Jesus abandoned his parents and went to learn from the elders in the temple. When Joseph said, yes, Lord, to this adventure, he probably had no idea that he was saying yes to a reality beyond any of our comprehension. And maybe, maybe that is how he found the courage to do it, by not knowing how big it really was. How often do we have an opportunity to say yes to whatever God might be up to? How can we keep our eyes and ears and hearts attuned so that when we encounter an angel of the Lord in the many forms that that might happen, we recognize it and we know that it is time to dig deep and find the yes, Lord response. Our opportunities to say yes, Lord, are often less dramatic than the situation Joseph found himself in. My tire problem is certainly not an incarnation, but once Joseph helped me to shift my perspective, I realized that I had been given unexpected time to just be without access to the Internet. I had rich interactions with the people I encountered in my adventure, whose paths I never would have crossed. There was an adventurous day of making memories on the bus with my children. There was a shift in my week, my last week of Advent, away from tasks and towards the waiting that Advent invites us into. And all of that was there, awaiting my change in perspective and my ability to say, yes, Lord, here I am, working real hard to embrace what is so that I might touch you in the process. Now, I did have a few dark moments amid the chaos of the week. At one point, pulled over with a flat tire, another driver yelled at me for parking badly. (laughs) We've all been on both ends of that, right? And out of sheer exhaustion and hurt feelings, I started to cry. And when the man apologized, I just cried even more feeling so fragile and vulnerable to the reality I found myself in. I know Joseph must have had some dark moments in his journey of discovering and accepting the story that he was called somehow to be a part of. 
Across time, the human experience is about many things, and one of those things is that we inevitably have dark times. One of my perspective shifts this week was about the richness of darkness and the darkness of Advent and the universality of darkness in our human experience. Whether we are living in grief or frustration, depression or confusion, or even all-consuming inconvenience, darkness happens. And in Advent, we are assured that in our darkness, we are not alone. God came to be in it with us. And now we wait, knowing that divine presence is wrapped up with us in the womb of Advent. While I began with Joseph and tires, I want to end with Mary, with a poem by Jessica Powers called In Mary Darkness. I live my advent in the womb of Mary. And on one night, when a great star swings free from its high mooring and walks down the sky to be the dot above the Christus E, I shall be born of her by blessed grace. I wait in merry darkness, faith's walled place, with hope's expectance of nativity. I knew for long she carried me and fed me, guarded and loved me, though I could not see. But only now, with inward jubilee, I come upon earth's most amazing knowledge. Someone is hidden in this dark with me. Amen.